Complete Tech Heads podcast with me, your pal Tommy Edwards. Thank you so much to everyone who tuned into last week's episode with Liron Shapira. It was a record breaker. It's done far, far better than uh, any of the previous episodes. So I'm super happy about that. And I have also just ticked over a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So I'm super grateful for that as well. Um, honestly, I really do appreciate every single listener. I look at those numbers and I think each. Each one of them is an individual who's tuning in and listening, and um, it's really cool. It's really awesome that I uh, I get to talk to this many people. Uh, I know in the grand scheme of you know the creator economy, I am but a small speck of sand on a gigantic, beautiful white golden beach. But it's still cool talking to you know uh, thousands of people is still awesome and you know given that it's a tech podcast i think it's interesting to think back on the kind of technological developments that have allowed this to happen for most of human history there would be only you know kings who could uh who could communicate with even that many people all at once now you know i can look at the kind of map of people that are subscribing and listening and and watching and it's literally global, so it's it's mental. If you're one of the few listeners in Indonesia, um, I've got no idea how you found me, but thanks, and it's 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 awesome. Um, there are people from all over the world, so yeah, very very cool. Um, that's that's that on that. This week I am talking with Alex Northstar, who is an ex Google AI facilitator. He is essentially making a living advising businesses on how to maximize the potential of AI within their company it's something I think about a lot Um, and he's talking to me not just about his own world but also how individuals and entrepreneurs can really get the best out of ChatGPT and essentially use it to pursue their goals and make money at the end of the day I suppose. Um, We also talk a bit about just AI in general Um, he has a very different point of view from Liron Shapira about the future of AI. He's a lot more optimistic about the the future of AI. And so it's got a different vibe from last week. It feels a bit strange, um, given that actually I do find Liron's argument quite compelling. And it does kind of seem a bit silly to be kind of, you know, talking about how we're going to make money with this thing when it could potentially destroy us all. But hey, you know, even Liron's um, you know, doom percentage is, is only 50%. So there's still, a, there's still a 50% chance that we'll be fine. And if that's the case, then I certainly want to be using this tech to make to make dollars. So, so yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I really did. Alex is a very cool guy. You can find him on Twitter. He hosts Twitter Spaces talking about AI every week. So definitely tune into those. I certainly will be. Um, yeah, that's all. Hope you enjoy the episode. Please do keep subscribing, listening, commenting, liking. Um, I really, really do appreciate it. And yeah, I'll see you next week with my next guest. Here for now, though, is the very awesome Alex Northstar. Complete decades. Alex Northstar, uh, welcome to the pod. How are you doing? Hello, Tom. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to talk with you today. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm pretty good, thanks. Yeah, pretty good day. Um, been enjoying 
playing around with the GPT-4 API today um, during my during my day job. So I'd yeah, I'm sure we it. will. Yeah, yeah, all very very relevant to the to the conversation. So I'm sure we can get onto that. Um, mm. So look, I would uh, love to get into all of the good AI stuff that we want to talk about. But firstly, I would love to get a bit of an intro just to you, your background and how you have found yourself operating in the exciting world of artificial intelligence. That's a good question because people don't expect them when I tell them that I started this since 2018, right? Because you see nowadays, like AI is a trend, you know, like everybody's starting a bit to hop on board. Some people are starting to use it. Some people are saying it's just a fad. Now, in my case, I was a corporate trainer in Berlin working basically with a company together with Google. So my role was just a bit to upskill people. I used to, t to teach them like marketing, um, sales, um, customer service, a diversity of roles because I worked as like a learning and development specialist and also like a corporate trainer. Now, regarding the AI part is that I actually did my master's thesis in 2018 on chatbots. And back on the, in that time, it was not cool at all to talk about, you know, like uh, chatbots, artificial intelligence. Nobody cared about that. And I remember like I used to do research on the movie Her and all of the stuff on Black Mirror and people were like, what is this? Like, what? Yeah, yeah. We don't even follow it. Like, and nowadays, yeah, it's a great movie. And nowadays people are like, I, I've, I've seen them. They're like making, you know, posts about, oh, how to use uh, ChatGPT for emotional resilience. And then they put the image of the movie Her, you know, it's like, yeah, finally. It took you guys five years, but now you're finally here, you know. <laughs> finding this reference yeah but uh to go back to the question so yeah i started basically as a corporate trainer i liked basically helping people transforming them and helping them upskill themselves you know like being able to do the job properly being efficient getting a higher position so i love this kind of like the coaching part i was not a great fan though a bit sometimes just the other things the more technical stuff in terms of like you know advertising because I was responsible for advertising. I worked a lot with the big German clients, but it wasn't really my cup of tea, I have to be honest with you. Like, I think in my, I wasn't one of those ch children, you know, where like you're five years old, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a Google ads expert. i like, yeah, not really. <laughs> but, but AI was something that always fascinated me, you know, and I started seeing the potential. When ChatGPT was a bit more efficient in these last like one year, one year and a half, I was like, this is a game changer. Because I knew already, you know, from 2018, where like back in the days, these like primitive chatbots were decent, but you can notice that they were very limited. With ChatGPT, I didn't have the same feeling. So when I noticed this huge jump in capability, I was like, this is big. And then I started experimenting more and more, you know, asking it questions, even because I'm a curious person sometimes, you know, I'd ask a question like, what, what started first, you know, like the egg or the chicken? And... Fun thing, you can get the answer for this if you ask it. I'm not going to spoil it, but ask it. Go and ask it. Now, what, what was first, the egg or the chicken? So with okay, these kinds well, of things, you know, like experimenting, if you, if following you, curiosity. If you, if, you, if you listen very carefully, that's the sound of every single listener frantically bringing up the, uh, the, the chat GPT box to ask about the, the egg and the chicken. Um, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I interrupted you. That's yeah, definitely I what I'll be doing as soon as, this, uh, as, soon as we're finished recording. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, sorry. No, yeah, this was just a little bit of an intro. So basically I started with chatbots since like 2018. I worked as a corporate trainer together with Google. And then now I'm basically like an independent consultant. Like I wanted to have my own thing. I wanted to do something more impactful. And I was like, you know what? I had a lot of experience gained in the corporate world, but I would love to take more responsibility for myself, you know, for what I do, for the products I deliver out there in the world. 
And this year I basically started a bit my journey as a content creator, as a consultant, and it's been a wild ride. As a solopreneur, you know, the fact that I'm enhanced by AI definitely made the journey a lot easier, but uh, it's, a, it's a journey. It's a journey, I can tell you that, yeah. So you are, so you're an AI facilitator, yes. which I found interesting. Um, and the reason I found that interesting is because there are many different jobs that are springing up because of AI. One of the big talking points around AI is what will be the balance of job creation versus job destruction. Now, AI facilitator clearly is, is, is one that's been created. It's not one that I had ever heard before. So what exactly does an AI facilitator do? Right. So basically what I try to do with my role, and I'm not the only one doing this, you know, is trying to bridge the gap between the AI developers, experts in the technology out there and the people who are not leveraging it. You know, there are people who, for example, didn't notice the capabilities of it, are not leveraging it yet. So my role is essentially to take all of this complex tools, plugins, software, all of the stuff that's out there and deliver it in a more comprehensible way to people who never used it maybe in their whole lives. They're like, oh yeah, I saw in the news chat GPT, but I don't know how to use it for myself. So I can tell them, you know, it's like, what would you like to implement it for? And they tell me, you know, I want to become a copywriter. I want to write my book. Uh, I want to use it to do, I don't know, to do some research for my own company, you know, for branding and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, I will do, I'm the one doing the research for you in the background for all the most complex stuff. And I show you the stuff that you can directly use. So it's like you're mm -hmm. taking, like the way I see it, I'm a bit of a, a chef, right? Because I'm taking all of these AI ingredients in the background, you know, like oil, flour, salt, and all of this, and I'm giving you the bread and you can eat it. Okay, okay. Um, delicious. Love, love bread. Um, yeah, because I come from Italy, so like I, I try to use it like food metaphors, you know, just to for the cliches, like Italian with good food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, love Italian food, although... I try to. I try try not to go too carb heavy these days. Um, put it's, uh, I, I put it on around the waist. Um, but anyway, I go running. I go running usually. Like I, do, I just do nice. a bit of jogging so I can fit in you know, a couple of pizzas per week. And lovely, <laughs> lovely. Um, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, so so look, I, I, the the interesting thing I think about ChatGPT and AI tools more generally is that actually ChatGPT is 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 quite easy to use because if there's something that you don't know how to do. You can just ask ChatGPT how to do it, right? I suppose the more challenging aspect of it is in all of the tools that people are building on top, right? And keeping up to date with all of the different various tools that you can use. Um, so is that is that how you see your job breaking out? Are you more recommending on various other different AI tools? Or is it literally like prompt engineering, helping people get the best out of chat GPT itself? To be honest, it can be a multitude of things depending on the client's needs. Now, this is just a bit that goes in the direction of like, what is consulting in my mind? Like, what is good consulting? It's basically asking my clients or the people I work with, you know, like in-depth questions to understand what they really need. So for example, they can come at you with some tasks which are like, to me, they're simple. For them, they are not. And if I think in my mind, it's like, listen, you just need ChatGPT for this. There's no need for me to throw at them, you know, like 20 different tools because that's gonna make their lives harder. This is why, like, so again, my role is just to simplify things. And I can tell you also something a bit more because, for example, you would say ChatGPT is easy to use. Yes, and it's difficult to master. 
because again, we're talking about prompt engineering here, which is a bit of another yeah, topic. Yeah. But the thing is, right, there's ways and ways of asking a question. So there are, you know, you would go there and it's like, oh, I need the recipe for a cake. It will give you the recipe for a cake. It's going to be a bit like, you know, nothing crazy. Some, I don't know, it depends on what it wants to do, but it's not going to give you nothing crazy. But it's, it's okay. You can say it's, it's going to be a shit cake. <laughs> it's going to be a very generic, a very generic bland yeah, cake. Yeah, generic cake. Yeah, yeah. But if you know know how to prompt it, so if you're going to say it's like you are an expert French patisserie, you know, uh, a chef, I want you to give me the recipe for the best cake you can make in four hours. I want you to use these following ingredients. You're going to get a banger cake. Yeah. Yeah, but what's the limit here? You see, it's the imagination, the limit here. That's the thing. And some people, if you never used it, you don't have this kind of like critical thinking sometimes because people are, it's not like I would say like, oh, people are not smart enough to use it. They're just not used to thinking how to speak with the machine. Yeah. Which is a yeah. skill in itself. Totally, totally. I mean, the thing I find when I'm interacting with it is that really all I'm trying to do is articulate my own thoughts and by doing so, you realize how difficult it is just to articulate all of the things that are happening in your brain simultaneously. Uh, like it's, it's part of the reason why just writing generally pre-AI yeah. um, is, is such a good exercise and a good thing to learn how to do because it helps you articulate yourself. And I think using ChatGPT really brings home how much nuance and context there is inside your own brain that you need to learn how to articulate properly. So is, is that kind of what your task is, right? Is to teach people absolutely. how to articulate Yeah, absolutely. And this is why it's such a meta skill sometimes, you know, because people will yeah. think it's like, oh, it's a tech thing. I need to understand tech. Not really. You need to understand what you want. And that's a completely yeah. different thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, because I've been doing, for example, I've been doing like journaling since like four years and it's really helped me out, you know, have clarity on my life. And even when I talk to people, like one of the little nuggets I give to my clients, you know, it's like, you need to think, like it's a super intelligent intern. So it has the capabilities, it can help you, but you need to tell it what to do and how. And that's the difference, you know, between a competent boss or a manager, you know, who tells it like, hey, here's the documentation. Here's what I want you to reach. Here's the deadline. Here are some constraints. Here are some rules. Go out there and get me, get me the best results. Meanwhile, you have a boss who tells like, hey, I have these 10 papers. Uh, give me a report. On what? How? how should it be written you know and it, it was like the same concept like with humans this is why i told them like when sometimes with my clients you know the more business ones you know for people who are like a bit maybe perhaps older you know and i tell them with this kind of metaphor it's like hey think about it as it was your young you know intern so they are eager to learn they're eager to deliver to your results but you gotta tell it the precise instructions yeah i like that analogy the intern thing it's yeah. like that yeah it's that's a it's a good way of, of thinking about it um, There's a reason why I'm an AI facilitator because I can use metaphors to facilitate <laughs> understanding of this. You know? Yeah, God, you're good at this. Um, Thank yeah, you. It is a good analogy because it's intelligent, but it's not necessarily wise, right? Yeah. Because we're very good. Exactly. You build up over time. Yeah, I think that's very good. Really I think you have potential. Um, you should use AI more. Like I see, you're a good learner. <laughs> oh yeah, sure thing. Yeah, maybe I could be a facilitator one day. Um, but yeah, so so there's presumably quite a lot of demand for AI facilitators. I feel like because, you know, people like you and I, and probably, to be honest, anyone listening to this or watching this, um, it's a tech podcast. So yeah. most people will have been ahead of the curve on this. But you don't realize just how many people really 
don't really even know what ChatGPT is or aren't especially impressed by it. And I think you you see in 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 business, well, in my line of work anyway, I work with tech companies, so yeah. they are all aware of it as well and trying to understand how they can fit it into their workflows. And I think you don't realise how much the rest of society hasn't really come along with this yet and doesn't really know what's coming. I like can tell you a little... Yeah. What kind of people are you finding that are getting in touch with you? Is it technologists or is it people just trying to find out what the hell this thing is? It's a, a combination. I mean, before answering this question, I can tell you like a little story what happened because two days ago where I am staying right now in this like digital nomad village in Bulgaria because I was like, a, I'm a digital nomad. I travel around places. I've been to Greece, to like Spain. It's it's nice. You know, it's one of the benefits of the job. Yeah, um, great. So yeah, there's like a little... In London. Yeah, yeah. I've been to London. It's pretty nice. Um, the thing is, for example, I, there's like this community of digital nomads here. So these are people who make their living on the internet. And in my mind, you're like, they're nice people. So I wanted to do like an AI upskilling uh, session for them, you know, because every Monday we have like business meetings here, you know, to see how things go. And I am the, basically at the moment here in this village, I'm like the AI guy. So I was like, you know what? I want to give you a free session because a lot of the times I'm open to giving people like a free phone call or something like that, you know, because it's not like I have to sell all, sell all the time. Like I... I earned enough, I can tell you that in my previous Google career. So like for now, I'm pretty good. You know, I'm just enjoying life and, you know, empowering other people, developing also myself a bit. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this free session. I had like 20 people there listening intently. And one of the questions I got from somebody at one point, he was like, what exactly do you mean with this prompting stuff, prompting? And, you know, it hit really hard because, again, we are in the tech bubble, right? We're like, yeah, of course, ChatGPT4, yeah, plugins and this and that. And then you have, Normal people who heard about the name, but you tell them 4.0 plugins, uh, prompting, and they're like, what exactly is that? And these are the people for who I am a bit afraid. Because you see, we both know that things are going to change and they're going to change really fast. And I think like, I don't want to be, you know, like the doom guy or anything. That's not the point. But a lot of the times you see on this newspapers, AI stealing jobs. It's not the truth. It's not the AI that's stealing jobs. It's people using AI that are becoming really efficient mm. one of my clients he wanted to read that he for example had him he wants to write he wanted to write his own book like in one month and i told him with what i know we can do this and he did it right but now if you take my client and you could compare it to somebody who's like you know he's writing his book and it takes this person or you know or her like 12 months i mean you have a huge tactical advantage here let's be honest yeah so yeah, that's why the thing is like it's not a, it's not a chat GPT stealing the job of writers. It's like people who are using it to be faster and better and they're doing it. Yeah. In an enhanced way. So the question mm -hmm. is, are you going to leverage these tools or are you going to ignore them? But again, I know the saying, like I even read it some like a couple of months ago, just because you don't like a technology doesn't mean you're going to stop. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the book example, I would feel a bit, um, Shortchanged, if hmm. like I, I feel like a book, like a, like a novel, like that. Th th there's something about that that kind of like I feel mental friction about wanting mm -hmm. to go all in on books written by AIs because I feel like it's it's not plagiarism, but it's somewhere in between writing it yourself and plagiarism. You know, because you've had help from all of the people that yeah. have written a, a book or a blog or anything are kind of doing the hard 
hard part for you as a as a novelist yeah i mean yeah. do you disagree with that what do you think it's a controversial topic i'm not gonna lie the request yeah. i get from my clients you know they're people who are ambitious and they want to get a leg up on the competition you know it's like of course i don't teach people how to hack credit cards with chat gpt for all the listeners <laughs> But there are ways that you can use it, you know, to make yourself smarter. And if they're like, okay, there's also ethics here. Let's let's not, you know, because in his mind, for like, for what he did, you know, it wasn't a book about making money. It's about it was a book about like financial safety and a couple of other things, which I found okay. And that's why yeah. I supported him in this different. endeavor. If it's yeah. fiction, maybe it's different. No, but yeah. what I wanted to say is like it's a bit controversial because yeah, a lot of people would say like, but you kind of skip the steps, you know. It's supposed to take you one year. Now the thing though, I also because I discussed a lot with even like with the AI artists because I'm connected with many creators, and they get a lot of you know heat for like like ah, but it's not art; it's made with AI. But the question is, if for the readers, if for your audience is impactful, right? You show them an image made with Midjourney, and it's like, man, this is really powerful. Mm. Where do you draw the line between AI yeah. art, you know, uh, written like enhanced with ChatGPT if it's good? And that's yeah. again, it goes back to the operator, you know, to the person prompting, to the person uh, doing proofreading, for example, right? Because you can get the output from ChatGPT, but then of course you you improve it, you add your own story, you add different things to improve it. Basically, on you know, you don't copy paste it or let it substitute you. You enhance yourself. And this is why at the end of the day, I kind of tell people, like, listen, now we're making all of this controversy, but in one or two years, nobody's going to care anymore. They're going to care, is like, is your art or what you produce good or not? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I've, I've actually got a piece of AI art up on my wall in my house. So I... Uh, yeah, you my, see? I, I got... A, so it, was, it wasn't actually mid-journey. It was, it was DALI 2, which is the, the open AI version, which yeah. isn't as good, but... It's a um, a pomegranate tree in the style of Monet, right? And and it's beautiful, like it's, it's lovely. Yeah, um, you see. But right, yeah, yeah, look, but and and it's it's just on my wall in my house. Uh, I did it as a as a sort of surprise for my wife, who also loved it. Like we, you know, and we just I blew see? it up in Photoshop, put it on a canvas. Um, so yeah, look, I, I totally get it. And the art thing, you you can make beautiful stuff. And the process of of art as a as a human is just studying lots and lots of different artists copying them for quite a long time and then making your own development on their work right and then people that do that really well create something brand new that's really all yeah. the AI is doing just on a massive massive scale so i think with the art thing it's look i suppose it's no different to, to writing a book really maybe i'm just as a former journalist uh prissy it hurts it, it hurts a bit you know when you think it's like it yeah. shouldn't be that easy yeah. Do you Things ever change. wonder if any of your anything that you've written is in the training data set for ChatGPT? That'd be weird. For sure. For sure it will be. But then at the end of the day, right, because you think it's in the training data set of ChatGPT, but before when you used to write on the internet, you used to publish your blogs, what you think people would not rip it off? Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Very true. So so look, um in general then, so you've touched on a couple of things about jobs being taken about you know these kind of ethical considerations with, with 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 art broadly are you are you optimistic about the future of ai and just for context the last podcast episode i had a, a liron shapira who is very very pessimistic on the long-term future of ai he sees he foresees significant 
disaster for humanity with, with super intelligence getting out of control. So I kind of feel strange having a much more optimistic conversation, but I think I'm a natural optimist. Um, so I, I do find it difficult to kind of comprehend where we're going. But what's your take? How optimistic are you on the future of AI generally? I can tell you two things, two perspectives I have. So one of them would be the general one, which I think it is a very powerful instrument that can help us a lot. Because this was like, for example, mentioned in the XAI, like uh, when Elon Musk was talking about this, when they started. And it's like, we're using ChatGPT for all these tasks, for example, like all this AI, you know, to like for marketing, business operations and all of this, but we could totally implement it for our biggest challenges for like, you know, like solving world hunger, fixing medical issues, thinking about going on different planets. So this, for example, it's a really fascinating path that we can take AI on because we're working on this to find solutions. AI is enabling us to, you know, skip the steps. So why not feed it our biggest problems and let it solve it for them, for us? So generally, it has also potential to do immense good for a faster, better future. Now, this is the first perspective. The other one is a more like local one where I'm an optimist because I work towards this positive future. So in my mind, if I tell you, yes, people who are not leveraging AI will get left behind and it will be a problem. And I am the one who's actually going to people. And it's like, hey, allow me to help you to, you know, catch up to the times. Allow me to help you to make you faster with AI, you know, so you don't lose your job. So you can still feel safe. You can still feel efficient. So I am actively working toward like not getting people fired because of AI. So like, I'm totally with you. Um, and I think that that is a really beautiful thought. So like the, the yeah, I won't go into too much detail about the, the doomerism uh, point of view. Uh, are you aware of, of doomerism and not kill everyone? Yeah. yeah, sure. So the feeding the AI our biggest, most significant problems to solve would be anathema to them because they would say, well, it, there will be unintended consequences. It will have goals, instrumental goals. It will causally map back from the final goal, intermediate objectives, and those will be completely unpredictable and will likely involve uh, a, a calamity for humankind, which- uh, I don't really, I don't see it in this direction. For example, yeah. one of the little reasons, no, because like one of the little reasonings I can tell you, like, so people have this natural tendency, like also like I read hundreds of books on psychology and this kind of stuff, because I, I like psychology is one of the topics that really interests me, you know, and we have a strong tendency to anthropomorphize things. I mean, like, there's like the yeah. AI, yeah, and like, oh, it has feelings, right? It can, it's like, well, not really the way it's programmed, the, all of these things that we put in the rules, it's made at the end of the day to serve us. If you think about for like the robot, because I remember this, I was like, it was a joke on the internet or something, you know, like with factory worker robots. And for example, you wouldn't want a factory worker robot to have emotions, to tell you like, oh, today, you know, I'm feeling blue. I'm not in the mood to work. Let's get coffee. Like you want them to be efficient machines. You ask them X, they do X. And the thing is at the moment, that's how we program them. Now, unless we're going to have bad agents, you know, telling them it's like, hey, I want an AI with emotions that wants to destroy humanity. And good luck programming that. At the moment, they are, at the end, just tools. They're just tools, and it's up to you to give them the input. You know, it's like, hey, I need help building a car. I need help going on Mars. Uh, can you fix me the recipe for omelette? 
if you don't give it nothing, it's not going to do nothing. So like this is why I don't necessarily see when people saying like, oh, it's going to have its own mind and it's going to try to destroy humanity. What? Like why? Well, I suppose the the argument is that it doesn't need to have emotion in order to have autonomy and it can cause it. So this is, I've literally, this is the exact conversation I was having uh, on the pod last week. So I won't, I won't uh, go back over it too much, but the idea would be that it doesn't need to have emotions or wants in order to just see instrumental goals on the way to its final, final objective. So like a self-driving car, you will send it to drive to the other side of the city it will go, I'll drive to the end of this road, I'll turn left, I'll drive to the end of that road, yeah. I'll turn right. Instrumental goals. Uh, and the point being that something that's far, far, far more intelligent than us, so not the current GPT models, but GPT-9 or 10 or whatever, yeah. might have steps in between that we could never possibly foresee because we're just dumb, stupid apes and the, the, the AI is vastly more intelligent than us. Um, yet we are still the ones programming it so you would see are. that a lot yes. of, this is why so you yeah. would see that a lot of programmers for example like you cannot really make chat gpt curse you go to mid journey you're not going to make like pornography so you know as i said unless you're going to have bad actors who really want to see the world burn you're going to have mm. those engineers working on chat gpt 5 6 7 who are going to say is like hey before we build this we're going to input the rules in it to control it and we're going to put the kill switch in it and then you already have people, for example, like Elon Musk. You had also like this, uh, this the thing from Google, you know, there's basically to, this partnership to promote responsible AI, you know, this frontier model forum. So you're already seeing that people are already raising awareness on this. So ChatGPT4 is harmless and people are already ra raising awareness. So we are, it's not like we're just going to blindly proceed with this. So this is why the way I see it, you know, we're like, we're slowly managing it. And I do not see this catastrophism where it's like, oh, we don't have any control on ChatGPT9. I mean, we're making it. True. Well, I mean, this is a, a refreshingly optimistic take. You're um, you're making me feel making me feel a bit better about the about our <laughs> about our because prospects. I know smart people, uh, because I know smart people. You know, like I work together with them with engineers. People who are like much smarter mm -hmm. than me. I train them with social, with like soft skills. You know, with other types of skills they needed. And I know that these people think about these further consequences. You know, they're like, hey, I can program this, but what are the future ramifications? All right, we will need some security system. We need the kill switch. We need different methods, you know, to make this ethical and useful to people. We're not going to make a bot that's going to steal your money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, there they're are there are very smart people that are, that are very worried about it as well. Um, but anyway, yeah. let's leave the Duma argument aside uh, because, you know, I, I, as I said, I want this to be a, a more optimistic and, um, uh, um, you know, sure, maybe a bit positive oriented, more, that, a bit more like than, yeah, than, useful AI episode, not necessarily yes. like it's going to destroy us, it's going to help us do our homework. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> where are, where are in, in that, in that uh, vein then, with that in mind, where are you seeing the most impact? in your work, like what workflows, what kinds of jobs are being turbocharged? Like where is the big low hanging fruit that's really driving value for people that you're working with? Brainstorming. And this is a particular thing because you, was, you would think, you know, it's like, what, what, what does that mean like brainstorming? Well, the thing is before you would need to have access, you know, to different consultants. You would need to have access to, to a team, you know, people and go back and forth, pitch ideas, see how it goes. 
Meanwhile, one of the biggest uses I found, like the more critical thinking you have and the more creative you want to be, you can essentially ask questions to, again, to the AI, to the machine, and you can get a lot of ideas on how you want to implement stuff, how you want to improve your business. And it has already all this immense data set. So what happens to me is like, for example, if I want to, I need to do public speaking, right? Now, I could either hire Tony Robbins for like $10,000 per hour, or I could go to ChatGPT4, tell it like, hey, you are Tony Robbins. You're one of the best speakers in the world. I want to deliver a presentation on croissants and AI. I want you to engage the public. I want you to give them an amazing emotional story. And I want you to make them that at the end of my, well, at the end of my presentation, they're going to buy my $5,000 course. So you give it very specific indications. You tell it who, how you want it to be. And I essentially get the help from Tony Robbins to talk about croissants for free yeah. or 20 bucks, you know, like per month, the subscription. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So well, that's, yeah, for example, yeah. it's, it's super useful. Sometimes, for example, I ask it for business ideas. So like, you know, because it's a very fast paced environment, especially in tech. And a lot of the times it's all about making quick decisions, not necessarily the smartest ones, but quick action oriented. So I would go, go at it, you know, and ask it, Hey, you're a business consultant. I need to prepare a new product for my clients. What do you think it will work better? Give me a 10 plan, a, a 10, like a, a list of 10 possibilities with your reasoning. Again, for the people listening here, you either already know this, or if you don't know this, you might want to take notes, but you know, you'd <laughs> use it to get like a, a list of questions or a list of ideas. And what happens to me, like 80% of the time. So out of these 10 ideas, eight of them are okay. A couple of them are very good. And again, I'm telling you this because like uh, these two very good ideas, I got them in the span of 30 seconds and I could keep reiterating on this. You know, like I refeeded these ideas. I give me more input. How can I implement this? Give me the step-by-step breakdown. And this kind of leverage, this kind of like plan, quick action is something that we never had. You always had to reach out to somebody, you had to think, you had to first iterate and get some feedback. Now here, it's a very fast action loop. And you can see that people are having success with it. Like the people are implementing this. I know like developers who manage to become three times faster. You have artists who are able to create amazing designs for their clients. You have writers who are able to make better writing, you know, like for, for what they want to do and publish more books for their fans and people love them. So I can see the results, the impacts on people who want to become advanced in this. And it's a very powerful tool. Yeah. Yeah. I find one of the, one of the interesting things to do is the, uh, there's a name for it, but when it gives you an answer and then you ask it to check its own homework, so you say, now, now critique your answer and tell me what could have been better. And then it will, then it will iterate over its own thoughts and, and improve. And you can do that. You you know, you can do that a number of times. This is one of my, this is one of my secret prompts basically. Yeah. It's like the right. meta prompt I called, where it's like it's essentially. I don't know if we can add notes at the end of the show or in the description. I can totally share uh, yeah, with you this. Yeah, I'll put notes in the description. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give it to you for free because basically this is this meta prompt which I use like 50% of my requests because what you take tell it is basically it's like, hey, give me the answers as ChatGPT, then rethink them 10 times and give me the most concise, most like smart answers that you can get. And the structure that you get is beautiful because every time I show this to my clients. They're blown away by it because you have the basic generic answers from ChatGPT, and then you see under it the structure of like the meta GPT, like the smart GPT, which is like 10 times longer and better and in-depth. And people are like, oh, so I've been using ChatGPT in beginner mode for all of these months. Damn. Right. Yeah. Because you can ask it. You can ask, you just, you just go to it and like, hey, I want you to be 10 times smarter. Boom. 
with humans, well, you either have to triple their salaries or I don't know how to get that kind of higher IQ very fast, you know. Well, give them ChatGPT. $20 subscription, easy. That's it, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, like there's, there's so many different um, ideas on, on prompting, isn't there? So would you describe yourself then as a prompt engineer as well? Is that something that you spend a lot of time thinking about and working on? Absolutely. I mean, it is part of my duties because the end, sometimes, for example, what I teach people, one of my modules for my consultations is like basically the prompting mindset. Because people think, you know, you can just give them a, give them like a, a ready-made solution. Or it's like, hey, I need prompts. I have the prompts. Now I can apply them and I find success. I wouldn't advise going this direction. What I want to develop, for example, with my clients or my friends or the people I work with is just like the mindset of, because you also mentioned this, you see, because you're already like the more you use it, it's a skill. So you need to understand how the machine interprets your requests and how to make these requests. That's why, for example, like my prompts are like longer, there's a specific structure to them. And it is part of my, the things I do, part of my task is prompt engineering and getting better every day working with this. For example, with B2B clients, right? They have specific workflows that they want to improve. And there, it's not enough that you give them a little prompt like, hey, I want to improve our like uh, landing page conversion rate by 5%. You need to tell it like in what direction, how, how do you want to achieve this like in a two week goal with what changes and all of this to the whole structure of their website or company. So I need to first think about this and then try it out. And then based on how the machine reacts, then I would go back to the people and tell like, hey, I would advise you to think in the following way when you prompt it. Mm-hmm. Because that's how you get the maximum results. And like if you want, because if you don't do this kind of like prompt mindset thing, well, at the end of the day, it's like, it, I, I like to teach people how to fish. I don't give them fish. Nice. Um, yeah, look, I think that it's um, interesting, the v- variety in uh, GPT's performance when you change how much you know yourself. So I find if I'm a complete novice at something, if I'm learning about something I don't know anything about, it's brilliant because it will give me a really nice top level generic review of whatever subject it is that I'm asking about. And if I'm really, really, really an expert, uh, something that I know really well, then I also get really great results because I can tell it exactly what I want. And, you know, this is because I'm like you, I've thought quite a lot about how I'm prompting and all of that stuff. So I can give it lots of context. But when it's in the middle, it's like I know that there's stuff I don't know, but I don't know what things I don't know almost. It's like, I don't know, I don't know where to zoom in on specificity in order to get the best output. Do do you understand what I mean? Like, is that a- Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I was gonna make the joke in this case, you would come to me and I would help you to reach the advanced level. But no, I'm just joking. No, no, (laughs) but it's a valid point. Like it's a valid point, you know, because that's where some people, you know, they don't know Where's the you kind of reach a plateau, you know, where like you're a beginner and you get, as you said, great output, and it's like it's helpful to know the basics, and then you learn a bit more. And then, how do you reach these high levels, you know, where you can implement it in your daily workflows? And again, that's something that I would advise people again to do like an in depth breakdown of what they do every day and find the repetitive tasks, find the tasks that you want to delegate to ChatGPT and the ones that you don't. For example, like in my meetings. There are some things I could automate in terms of like my notes or uh, the, the, the planning of the meeting and stuff like that. But in terms of like 
interacting with the humans, you know, and it's like seeing what they say, how they say, a tone of voice. This is something that remains human, and I care about this. And I think it's not something that I would want to delegate, you know, to the machine telling me, like, oh, this person seems sad, so I would proceed this and that. This is why it depends first on you to understand yourself better at what level you are, and then get the help of specifically what you want. Because, right, when you're a beginner, you need everything, and it's fine. When you're advanced, you reach this plateau where you're like, hmm, I don't know how to put it to the next level. And the advice I give to people, you know, is like, if you want to reach the next level, understand first for you, what is the next level? And then you go looking for resources. How do I implement ChatGPT for expert copywriting to do tax advice to, I don't know, create for me a short animation movie to make for me, for example, uh, the song Frank Sinatra, Gangster's Paradise. Have you heard that? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's one of those mashups. Uh, I, it's amazing. It's I so good. I love one. it. You, you got it. Again, put also this one in the description because the people are going to love it. It's so good. Sure. There's one of, of Johnny Cash doing like um, uh, Barbie, Barbie Girl. Girl or something. Yeah. I know all of them. I know um, all of them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I don't really even understand how they do that. Uh, but you see, because they are advanced and they know what they want to do, that's the difference, you see? Because in their yeah. case, they're, for example, musicians who maybe already started implementing AI and they're like, hey, I have enough knowledge to know how I want to put this to the next level. So they actually mm -hmm. go and look for these advanced resources. It, it all starts with awareness of what exactly do you need. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a previous guest, a guy called Benji Vaughan, who's a, a music producer, like a techno producer. Mm -hmm. and he's using he's built his own large language model uh, that he got from hugging face and he's using it he says to just create mad noises uh you know he's asking it for like it's 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 just giving him crazy noise that you know that he's never heard before and then he's just dropping yeah. it into like Ableton or whatever and and creating music with it which yeah. is you know a novel like he, he'll say i can't remember what he said like he wants to you know, replicate the noise of like someone throwing a sink down the stairs. Was it was something like that? I can't remember now, but yeah, it was interesting. Um, okay, so look, we haven't really touched on solopreneurialism yet, so I want to just quickly touch on that. I'm slightly aware of, of, of time; we don't have too much longer. Mm -hmm. But so, say I am just uh, I'm just an interested person who's a novice. How can I make money using AI? this week, this month, this year? That's a great question. First, you want to develop with the help of AI, the money-making skills, which would be, for example, like copywriting, branding, sales, per se. Let's start really simple. I don't need to complicate this, you know? So the thing is, you can get, of course, expert coaching and all of this, but there are ways already to implement this. So if we're talking about, right, First, copywriting is the front end of the internet. Like all we do, you go on Twitter, wherever you go, you read stuff. So you want to make that impactful. You want to make it persuasive. I would go to ChatGPT and you tell it, you know, like, hey, I want to write in a persuasive way. You're an expert copywriter. I want to talk about this topic. Help me out. So that you're already starting to learn how to be a persuasive copywriter because that it's a start. Get people involved in your content. You want to do branding which is also what I use for myself, for example. So you have mid-journey. So you could pay a graphic designer $500 or more. I usually get in trouble with graphic designers. There's one of my enemies, but it is what it is. As I said, <laughs> you can hate the technology, but you cannot stop it. So I don't need graphic designers. I became a graphic designer like in three weeks. 
and people yeah. love my designs and they're like hey i would love to know how you do all this branding stuff and i can show it to them but again it's a thing that's done with ai and it's very effective and it shows you know that you're a brand you're an established person that knows what they're doing helps you out with credibility and authority and then you know you would close it with sales because you establish for example copywriting you have a product or something you have a consistent brand and then you want to maybe close some deals make some money and this at this point you know you never did sales in your whole life. You're on the internet. You just started. So what do you do? Well, you, again, you go to ChatGPT. You tell it you're an expert salesman. I have this product. Show me ways how I can sell it to different cohorts of people. How should I talk with them? How should I pitch it? What should be my tone of voice? And it knows how to help you with this. So this is a way that before you would not have access to this kind of fast leverage, right? You'd have to develop with years all those skills of just like writing. Let me go to some graphic designers. Uh, I don't know how to sell. I, I don't make money. With all of this that you have right now, which I with 20 bucks plus $10 with mid-journey subscription. So with $30 in my pocket, you're able to create a powerful brand on the internet and sell something. It depends on you again, because it's not made to substitute you. I don't tell to people it's like, oh, ChatGPT is an automatic money-making machine. You see those threads, they go viral. I hate them. I never produce those ones. Because the idea is that you enhance by AI can become a money-making machine. Yeah. But the thing is, you need to know what you're going to do and how to do it. And AI is going to help you with this. So start doing it today. Yeah. And I suppose, like, I, I totally agree with your, your point that there's there's no get-rich-quick scheme with AI, right? I mean, you potentially... Get rich, but... There is with, with AI, which is interesting, get rich faster. There's no get-rich-quick, but with AI, yeah, there's yeah, a get-rich-faster. Yeah. And it really yeah. works. Or I should say... There's no get rich with zero effort scheme, right? No. Because no. you still need the impetus to go out and do it yourself. You still need the original idea, even if you're asking GPT for ideas. Um, and you're still competing with lots of other people who also have GPT, right? So if, it, if you've got an original idea, then maybe you've got zero competition. But in most lines of business, you're going to have competition, right? And most people at the at the front are gonna are gonna be using AI themselves, right? So, I guess my my take on it is almost like because I'm I'm like like you, I'm sure, thinking about this all the goddamn time, right? About different tools and and everything. Mm -hmm. And my assumption is that I'm running just to keep up, you know, just to stay somewhere near the because I'm obviously not at the front of the of the of the pack on on any of this. But somewhere near, so that I'm not one of the ones getting left all yeah. behind. Yeah. Very good point of view. Yeah, that's very good to have. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so so tools. Then we've 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 spoken a lot about GPT. We've we've mentioned Midjourney. We've got this, you know, some some great advice and tips on on how you can go about turning your business dreams into a reality. Are there any other tools out there that have perhaps been built on the GPT API or that are entirely different platforms that you're using that you think are exciting or interesting that, that people should be checking out? There are thousands of tools every day, like thousands of tools that are like, you know, appearing like mushrooms per week. And I can tell you like 90% of them are, of them are very redundant. I can literally do what they do. Yes, because what they can do, I can do with like plugins in GPT-4. Yeah. So the thing is, all of these, what are your what are your favorite um, plugins? Exactly. So this one, these ones, for example, like I use a combination of them, and they're like, for example, I can give a case study. How would I before last year? 
how would you consume YouTube, which is like a free resource database, right? You want to learn about like, I don't know, programming, arts, psychology. You would go on YouTube and you would watch a video, it would be like 30 minutes, you consume it, you take notes. What I do is, for example, I have the plugins Video Insights combined with Zapier, uh, with the Zapier plugin. So what I do is, what Video Insight does, you give it the link to a YouTube video and I tell it, give me a bullet point summary of this YouTube video and apply it to my current project, which is learning Spanish. Um, then I tell it, okay, with these bullet points, write to me a Google Doc that I can forward to my Spanish teacher or something like that. So what it does in the span of 30 seconds is not me consuming 20 minutes of Spanish video. It's just me having an actionable document of things I need to do to learn Spanish in like one week based on this video. So I essentially cut a lot of part of the consumption, like me watching this video for 20 minutes, which I can spend now on practicing actionable tips that I got from my Spanish GPT tutor. This is a possible yeah. use case. Another one, for example, would be like ask your PDF, whereas like the last year you get like a PDF of 50 pages and you're like, I don't know, you have to do a financial report and you have to go through it, of course, and read all of the stuff. Nowadays, you just use plugin, you know, like ask your PDF, you tell it, hey, I want to know, you know, like the results from the financial statement from last year in March. And it literally gives you the answer. It scans, you know, the PDF and it tells you what exactly you need. So you save time and you're a lot more efficient. So this is why sometimes, again, it goes back to what I'm saying as being an AI facilitator. I actually avoid giving people dozens of tools that they need to try out. I focus on the basics if they need more. If they're like specialized people, for example, they're like, I don't know, uh, somebody that wants to make music, right? So there I will try to give them some specific tools that helps them with voice copying, with instruments, mm. with melody. So there I would do more in-depth research. But for people who have like more general needs, I tell them, keep it simple, keep it effective. Because, yeah, you know, I mean, like, people get overwhelmed. They see all these lists and like, oh, every day you have like 10 new tools, 10 new tools. Like, you don't need all of these. Let's be honest here. How many, how many contacts do you have on your phone that you talk to every day? Like 20, 30 people. How many apps do you have that you use every day? Seven, eight. And you think that by adding every day, 20, 30 of them is going to make a difference? We're humans at the end of the day. Keep this in mind. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, it's I psychology. See, yeah. I work I'm, with I'm humans. Like, I work, I, I, the machines support me, but at the end of the day, I know that I'm working with humans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unlike the machines, we only have a limited attention span, right? Yeah. <laughs> and limited amounts of focus, yeah. Um, so it, it sounds to me, it feels to me like there's a kind of running theme with lots of people I speak to about AI uh, who are working with it every day, which is, and tell me if you agree with this, there's almost like an 80-20 rule where 80% of the work now you can you can farm out to the AI and the 20% that's left is where you're really driving value as a human, as a decision maker, as the like actuator who's, you know, making the call on these things and being the kind of creative force, I suppose. Would yes. you agree with that, Rory? Absolutely. I mean, this is excellent said it's very good the way you put it because that is the purpose of it the thing is that's why we created it the idea is this why it ties to what i told you earlier is like we designed this to be a tool that allows us to do exactly this so i don't have to you know spend my time writing the same thing five times what i can do is simply like i give the repetitive tasks i know the prompt that i need to give it to the machine and it will take care of these repetitive tasks and i can focus 
I can focus, for example, on the uh, the, the creative part, is like the decision making, as you said, is not like what art am I going to create today? Is it going to be, you know, like about nature, about the human soul? I don't need to think about like, ah, oh, what the colors I'm going to use, or like, I don't know, you know, what size is going to be my canvas. You can automate all of this maybe to mid-journey, like the size of your image and this kind of things. But the idea is that that's how, if you're doing it properly, that's how AI is supposed to be. It's supposed to take away 80% of the boring stuff and basically help you with the 20% that you, I mean, you do the 20% that makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, great. Well, look, um, I'm, we're sort of running up against time. So I guess let's have some very final thoughts on um, where you think we're going to be in two, three, four years time. Um, what does the future hold for AI enthusiasts? This, this is a great question. This is a great question simply because like on, on Twitter, basically it's the spaces that I run every Monday, which is called 2027. Because like I have okay, a panel right, of like yeah, five, six, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a panel of five, six yeah. experts. And we talk about this, like we brainstorm every Monday on this. Basically it's like, where are we going to go in terms of like embodied AI, like, like robots using chat GPT, you know, to assist us in our daily tasks. Uh, where are we going to go with like regulations, like for example, video games with NPCs, you know, that are able to talk with you in a dynamic way. So the way I yeah. see it, we're going to see a lot of change really fast because for now, you know, the masses, for example, are not leveraging it, but that doesn't mean that the big players are not working in the background. NVIDIA is working, you know, on creating, for example, you see video games that are able to use ChatGPT to have like dynamic speaking, uh, non-playable ca characters like NPCs. So before you'd have like, you know, fixed lines and now they can, you can literally tell them something on your microphone and it will answer back to you. And you know that video games are accessible to all the masses. So people will immediately get in contact with this technology and they're going to see like, oh man, this thing is powerful. And this is again, going to be going to be one of those mass applications, you know, that's going to impact public discourse. Mm. You're going to have in the future, for example, like ethical regulations in terms of like art. Again, like everybody will be able to have their own avatars. So with the amount of automation that you can do, you can make an avatar of you that can talk like you, it looks similar to you. So what we can do is, for example, we can just send our avatars to speak with other avatars, Yeah. which is going to be fascinating, you know, to have these kind of like, um, you know, doubles of you, like Gemini of you in the internet, you know, doing business for you. It's going to be a yeah. fascinating world with a lot of change. And this is why one of the things I advise people is to keep an open mind and try to, you know, see the possibilities here that you can have to be more creative, to help other people, to impact the world, because it's a very powerful tool in multiple ways. In 2027, I think it's a year that I'm really looking forward to, to see how things develop. But in a good way, I think like we're, we're, going, we're, we're doing good progress with AI, you know, like we're very enthusiastic about it. I like that the big thought leaders, for example, are putting a bit of brakes on it because for example, like three or if you ask me this question, like I think three or four months ago, I'd have been a bit more pessimistic because I'm just I was just seeing that the businesses, you know, like they run really fast and nobody's checking on this, you know, and it's not really it's, it's dangerous. But nowadays, I'm seeing more and more like the big people, you know, that are able to program these kind of systems are already saying it's like, hey, we're making them, but we're checking them first, and this is good. Great. Well, it's been a wonderfully um, optimistic uh, conversation, which is which is awesome. So, look, we need to um, wrap it up. Yeah. Where can people find you? Where's the best place to engage with what it is that uh, that you're doing? They can find me on Twitter. I'm North Star Brain. 
name is pretty simple. You will see it's going to be a profile with like black and gold and yellow design. So the colors are really like it's it's a yeah. It's really easy. In Midjourney, I assume. Don't tell them. That. <laughs> <laughs> I paid a lot of money, graphic designer. Trust me. Sure. But yeah, no, I'm exclusive. Like I'm available on Twitter there. I answer, like I'm there. I publish content every day. I interact with the community. You can find me on like my website, it's northstarbrain.com. And I essentially like to keep it focused there for now. Like before branching out in other things, like I like to keep it simple, either Twitter, my website. And yeah, I'm open to chats. I'm open to meeting interesting people who are curious about, you know, being smarter, faster and better with the help of AI. Awesome. All right, well, look, um... Thanks very much for joining me, Alex. Uh, I've really enjoyed the conversation and um, yeah, we'll definitely have to get you back on again sometime soon, I think. Um, so, yeah, Thank you for the invite. On. Thank you for the invite, Tom. It was lovely to talk with you. You're a wonderful host. And I like that you're open, you're very open-minded. You know, like I like that you're somebody who's like, he's like, you were a journalist and you're like, I don't know about copywriting and stuff, but like, I could, maybe I can try it out. So that, that's a very good thing to have. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks, Alex. Take care. For the listeners and the viewers. Have a great evening. Complete decades. Well been running, baby. Complete decades. Well been running, baby. Complete decades. Well been running, baby. Complete decades. Well been running, baby.